Greetings, fellow Federationists. Tonight is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022, and this is Presidential Release 513, and February is here. I can't believe it. January flew right past, and uh, we are one month closer now to our national convention, which I'm really looking forward to in New Orleans, especially with this cold weather. It's a great thing to think about. But before we get there, of course, we do have our Washington seminar, and I truly cannot believe how fast January went by with all of the great activity happening around the National Federation of the Blind and getting ready for our 2022 Washington seminar. We did, of course, make the decision to take our Washington seminar virtual for this year one more time because, well, it looked like there wasn't going to be anybody in Washington, D.C. willing to take an in-person meeting. So we're going to do one more virtual Washington seminar and our gathering in meeting will be happening uh, on Monday, February 7th. And I hope you tune in at 5 p.m. Eastern time, obviously open to everybody on Zoom. And uh, even if you're listening to this uh, presidential release after that time, I hope that you continue to push our legislative activities forward. Also, during our Washington seminar, there'll be a number of other meetings, but just wanted to call out the winter seminar happening also on February 7th for our National Association of Blind Students. That'll be happening from 10 a.m. to noon on uh, that day, Eastern Time. You can reach out to our student division to register for that meeting and get the Zoom information. Okay, there is a lot to talk to you about this evening, the work that we have been doing in the last month. And one of the primary uh, activities that we've been working on is uh, pushing the federal government on uh, making its program to distribute at-home COVID-19 tests accessible to blind people. So to give you a little background, when we got together for the presidential release in, in January, I had just sent a letter to the White House. That letter went on January 3rd about this. And uh, we would have sent a letter earlier, but we, during the month of December, were hunting around the government to find out which agency was going to be handling this program after the president announced it. And we finally got the word that the White House hadn't decided yet. So we wrote to the White House. And uh, after that, we learned that the FDA would be uh, handling the distribution of tests. So we wrote to the FDA. We found out who got contracts to distribute at-home tests. We wrote to the contractors. Uh, after a number of weeks and many letters, we finally did get a response and a call with the White House to talk about our concerns about the fact that the federal government had uh, made a significant commitment to distributing at-home tests to residents uh, of the United States, to any, any home, uh, and uh, without any provisions for equal access for blind people. And uh, I'm happy to report that uh, we are in productive conversations with the White House and the administration 
about this issue. Obviously, it's not going to be solved quickly, but we um, are optimistic that a number of things are going to happen, and I certainly hope to have more public announcements by the time we get to our gathering in meeting next week. Now, uh, there's a number of things I want to share with you, though, about uh, the at-home testing program that the federal government has undertaken and the work that the Federation is doing to fill the gap uh, of these tests not being accessible. First of all, uh, we are testing in our Center for Non-Visual Accessibility. We're testing all of the uh, FDA-approved at-home tests. There are, uh, well, it depends on how you count them, 13 or more uh, FDA-approved tests. We've only found one that has uh, accessibility kind of end-to-end. That's the Q Health uh, product. I have the box here. Now, uh, before you run out and buy this test, it's a very expensive test. Um, however, it is fully accessible if you have a smartphone. It has some uh, usability glitches, as many things do, but pretty much usable from um, beginning to end. And uh, I would encourage you, if you uh, have health insurance, uh, to ask your health insurance provider if they'll reimburse it, uh, because it is uh, mostly accessible. So you might want to check that out. But we're going to test all of the at-home uh available tests, and so we can give that information to the government, to the FDA, about what works and what doesn't, and we hope that that will be a guiding force to uh, determine what future accessibility efforts look like. So uh, stay tuned for more information about uh, test accessibility and what we know about the tests that are out there. Of course, for many of us, we may just have an urgent need to take a test, so we're going to get the test we can, and we're going to find a way to take it. But the government really should have made these accessible. These are taxpayer dollars being put into the purchase of these tests, and we're going to hold the government accountable. Now, in order to coordinate uh, all the information we have on this subject, we've uh, spun up a new webpage at nfb.org. It's nfb.org slash COVID tests, all one word. COVID tests. And so you can find the latest information, including all of the letters that we've written to various folks in the administration, and we'll be posting our updates there. Now, in the meantime, uh, the National Federation of the Blind has uh, sought uh, solutions so that blind people can get access immediately to tests that are out there. So we've talked to our partners at IRA. And uh, we have um, created a National Federation of the Blind promotion with IRA so that you can make a free IRA call uh, and have IRA assist you if you're a blind person with taking an at-home COVID-19 test. You can find more information about that on uh, the webpage I referred to you. We also sent out an email widely across the Federation today uh, about this and some other matters. Uh, you do need to set up uh, an Explorer uh, account. Uh, it doesn't have to be a paid account, and you can get assistance with an at-home COVID test. We will be collecting some data through that process with IRA so that we can uh, 
help again push the government in the direction that it needs to go. So this is an immediate uh, step that we have taken in order to make sure that all blind people have access. Now we recognize that of course if you don't have a smartphone uh, and access to IRA this does not solve the problem. So we are dialoguing with the White House and we believe that they're going to be uh, implementing some state-based systems to uh, assist people in their homes to get access to tests. Again, just an interim step. I do encourage Federation members who are in social media, Twitter, Facebook, to continue to tag the White House and the National Federation of the Blind on this issue. Continue to note the inaccessibility issues you're having with COVID tests and how important it is that we as blind people be able to uh, independently uh, take these at-home tests ourselves without exposing uh, others potentially to the virus or having to uh, invite others into our home or as, bl- as a blind parent, certainly for me, being able to test um, my own children without having someone do that. So continue to push that in social media. Now, a couple of other um, related things. We continue to uh, want to collect data from members of the Federation about the accessibility of at-home COVID-19 tests and uh, websites used for testing, sign-up, or vaccinations. You can share uh, your experiences with us by filling out NFB's Access to COVID-19 Vaccines and Testing Survey, which can be found at our legal webpage, nfb.org slash legal. So as you have uh, experiences, good or bad, uh, with uh, signing up or getting access to testing, please share that with us. Again, that data is really valuable when we go talk to the White House or do other advocacy on these issues. Now, we have... um, endeavored to uh, make testing information also available through the NFB Newsline system. So we're uh, wanting the Newsline system to be a place where you can find up-to-date information about the government at-home testing that's available. And uh, just talked to the White House about this today, and so we're hoping that they will continue to feed us the latest information so we can put it up on Newsline so even our members who do not have access to the internet or smartphone devices have uh, the latest breaking information in this area. If you're getting on NFB Newsline, you can follow these steps to find the uh, at-home test information. Um, Press 5 to go to newspapers from other states and then choose option 1 for breaking news. After that, press option one again for the at-home COVID-19 testing information. If you are someone who uses the NFB Newsline mobile app for iOS, you can select the information sources page and then breaking news online. And then you'll find Uh, the information about the COVID-19 testing, also other information 
there as well. Uh, we have um, provided information uh, about uh, the COVID statistics, and we also are uh, curating some of the breaking news about uh, COVID-19 in a search. So you can find all that uh, there in the Newsline app. And if there are other resources that you think would be valuable for us to include in NFB Newsline around COVID-19, please give our team that feedback. Uh, we want to make sure that we include it there. So the Federation is uh, alive and well, working hard on this issue. And I can tell you um, from my conversation today with the White House that we have gotten their attention. And we're going to continue uh, on this path until we have accessible testing. And I think the real important uh, victory here is that we have an opportunity to change accessibility of at-home testing of all sorts uh, in a positive way going into the future, not just for COVID-19, but for other important areas. So stay tuned. Uh, there's going to be some more important stuff happening here. Now, there is other work we're doing. You've heard me talk before about uh, our plans to start a civil rights museum for the blind here at our Jernigan Institute. And we're in the initial phase of uh, evaluating what are the a state of the art uh, museum dedicated to the civil rights uh, movement of blind people would be like. And we need your help and your feedback to uh, guide that process. We need you to take a few minutes to fill out a survey to let us know about your experiences with museums and what you would like to find in a museum of this sort. This is just the first of a series of opportunities that will happen to collect information from Federation members about this, but it's a really important one. So uh, we need you to fill out a survey online. You can go to nfb.org. You can find the survey on our homepage there, uh, or you can uh, call our telephone survey system to uh, take the survey that way. Uh, the survey will be available uh, to members until February 18th, so uh, just for part of this month. So please take a moment, um, fill out the survey, visit our website, or call in to the telephone survey. The number for that is 229-632-7878. Again, that number 229-632-7878. Or you can call toll-free 833-632-7878. Seven eight. if you need that option. Really appreciate you giving us feedback. I'm really excited about the potential for a civil rights museum highlighting the work of blind people in this nation to advance uh, really the status of blind people all over the world. As we enter February, I want to give you one more big thank you to all of our PAC donors, our pre-authorized contribution program. 
If you contributed in 2021, I want to give you a big thank you because it was our most successful year ever on the PAC plan. In fact, uh, historically, our first year topping $500,000 realized, collected in one year on the PAC plan. Really great news. And if you are not part of this program, which allows you to make a monthly contribution, financial contribution to the National Federation of the Blind to give us discretionary dollars to do things like pressing the government on things they already should have done. Uh, Those dollars are really important and uh, they're not tied to grants or other funders. They allow us to go out and do the advocacy work we need to do. So please consider getting on the PAC plan in 2022 if you are not already. As I say, last year was our first year topping uh, the 500,000 mark. In fact, we actualized $504,644.07 on the PAC plan. Uh, Total monthly contributions, $43,022.89 from 1,439 donors with an average contribution of $29.90. But don't let the average fool you. Every dollar helps. And even if you're giving at the minimum $5 a month, it makes a big difference. So please consider getting on the PAC plan this year. And thank you to our 2021 contributors for making it a record-breaking year for the National Federation of the Blind. I do have some Federation family news, which I regret to have to share with you this evening. Uh, First of all, from Maryland, I regret to report the passing of Michelle Clark on January 15th, 2022, due to a variety of health issues. Uh, Michelle was a founding member of the National Harbor Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Maryland, uh, which happened 12 years ago. She served for 10 years as the chapter president, and as well, she served on the affiliate board of directors. Uh, Michelle was also uh, well-known for her beautiful voice. She participated in our Performing Arts Division, and you may remember she uh, performed as part of our 75th anniversary celebration at the convention. Michelle was also a courageous uh, federationist who stood up for her rights. She participated in a uh, complaint that we helped uh, her with against the federal government for Uh, It was a 508 complaint for inaccessibility of workplace technology. So I encourage you to keep uh, Michelle and her family in your thoughts and prayers. I also regret to inform you of news that came from Iowa of the passing of Ted Hart on January 28. Uh, Ted actually passed away in North Carolina due to complications resulting from uh, his contracting COVID-19. Ted 
was uh, one of the very early students that Dr. Jernigan had uh, at the Iowa Commission for the Blind. Uh, he was 81 years old when he passed, and he has been a longtime member of the Federation. He uh, always would regale people with stories when you came across him, and it was one of the tools he used to teach people about the capacity of blind people. Uh, I uh, first met Ted uh, in 1998 at uh, the memorial service when Dr. Jernigan passed away, and I was privileged to get to hear some of his stories of his experiences with Dr. Jernigan. So a longtime Federationist who will be missed, I encourage you to keep him, his family and friends in your thoughts and prayers. I do have a few pieces of joyful news to share with you, though, on this release. And the first comes from Maryland, and that is uh, the news that uh, Nikki Pritchett, excuse me, Nikki Pritchard Tippett, a member of the NFB of Maryland uh, at large chapter and former president of the Maryland Tri-County chapter and her husband, Frank, welcomed a baby boy on January 10th of this year, Jackson Levi Tippett came in at 6 pounds and 11 ounces and 18 inches long. I'm told that mom and dad and older brother Gavin are all doing well and are delighted to welcome the newest member of the National Federation of the Blind. So welcome to Jackson. And also proud to report from the great state of Georgia, the arrival of Alistair Dean Akins, who was born on January 28th. Alistair is uh, born to Greg Akins, Greg and Anna Akins. Greg uh, has served as president of the NFB of Georgia and has been an active member there. Uh, Greg and Anna welcomed Alistair a few days ago, as well as uh, big brother Gabe. They're all doing well and excited to welcome Alistair as the newest member of the National Federation of the Blind in Georgia. So welcome to our new members, and please continue to share with me the great news of uh, those who are joining us across the Federation. That's what I have for the February release. I encourage everybody to be actively engaged in the work of our Washington seminar and especially the follow-up after our Washington seminar. You know, the Washington seminar is really the kickoff for the year of uh, legislative and advocacy activity, and everybody can play a role in that. I'm looking forward to the Washington Seminar and what's going to come from it and the great progress we're going to make during the month of February and a happy Valentine's Day to everybody and a happy Black History Month. I hope you take an opportunity to again reflect on the work that uh, our 
black leaders have done to contribute to the diversity and strength of our organization. And with that, before we get to the customary endings, I'll say let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Please join us for our next presidential release, which will be held on Tuesday, March 1st, which happens to be Mardi Gras Day, by the way, at 8 p.m. Eastern using Zoom, the Nation's Blind YouTube channel, our internet stream, or by asking your Amazon device to open Nation's Blind. You may also contact President Riccobono at 410-659-9314 or via email at office of the president at nfb.org. Hi, I'm Oriana Riccobono and I'll be telling you a joke. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Dozen. Dozen who? Doesn't anyone want to let me in? Woo, it's cold out there, isn't it? Yeah. I have another one. Okay. Why are elevator jokes so good? Because they're very uplifting? No, they work on many levels. No! That is way too uplifting. Hi, I'm Elizabeth for a month, and I'll be telling you one joke. Will February March? Will February March? I don't think so. No. No, but April, May. The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, Office of the President at nfb.org, 410-659-9314, www.nfb.org. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind.